0: Welcome to the Fearless Mom podcast, where our goal is to give practical tips and tools to help moms actually enjoy parenting. Whether you're watching or listening by yourself or you're with a group, we're just so glad that you've joined us. And remember, we never wanna add to your already long to-do list. We just wanna help you be intentional with what you're already doing. welcome to the fearless mom podcast and guys christmas is almost here i i get so excited i can't believe it i hope you are getting excited too today we're going to talk about my very favorite part of the christmas story and i love 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 getting to teach kids and i've taught kids over the years all the different parts of the christmas story and i love teaching them i love teaching adults too but you know kids kids just you start to see things with a new perspective when you teach it from their perspective because when you consider their perspective they're seeing everything so fresh and new and there's such value in that if you have the opportunity to be around children during the christmas season if there aren't some in your home then you need to go find some because it'll give you a fresh look at this familiar holiday and so the passage that we're going to look at today guys it's amazing i believe that it reveals God's goodness, his gentleness, and his attention to detail, and that he cares about us so deeply, that he cares about every part of our lives. Before we dive in, though, I want to remind you that since we're talking about friendship today, I, I w- it would be remiss if I didn't remind you about the Fearless Mom Conference coming in um, February, February 26, 22-22. It's going to be an epic mom weekend we are so excited to have holly burdick and david thomas and sissy goff with us among a whole slew of um, breakout speakers as well check that out at fearlessmom.com and as always use the discount code fearlessbesties fearless besties to save 20 bucks. You should never pay full price, especially during the holiday season. So um, again, our focus is friendship and community. We need each other so much, particularly right now, but always we need friends. And that's what we're going to see in our story today, the Christmas story, Um, a beautiful picture of friendship, a beautiful example of godly friendship, of um, how we can, encourage one another and be there for each other. Let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for technology that connects us to so many moms. I thank you for the gift of motherhood, the blessing of motherhood. And God, today, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word came to life through Jesus. I thank you that your word was documented and recorded so that we can know you, we can read and learn how much you care, how much you love us. I ask right now that you settle our hearts and minds and open our eyes and ears to see and hear what you want us to learn today so that we can be the moms that we were created to be so that we can raise up these kids to be who you created them to be. In Jesus' name, amen. You may have heard the sentence, you are the sum of your five best friends. You are the sum of your five best friends. Well, if that is the case, then I should be tall and thin like some of my closest friends, or maybe I should be a disciplined runner like another one of my close friends, or maybe an accomplished author like some other of my friends. Wouldn't that be amazing if we could just simply take on the characteristics and traits that we desire? That's not exactly how it works, but Friendships are important. We need each other. We need comrades and allies and cohorts and teammates. And whether by default or by design, we become more and more like those people that we surround ourselves with. We have to choose, as we say in Fearless Mom, to be picky with our clicky. Be picky with your clicky. Be intentional about who you hang around, be intentional about those with whom you spend time and those from whom you receive counsel. Friendships are so important. And sometimes God gives us seasons when we are maybe feeling alone. And he says, focus on your friendship with me right now. Focus on your relationship with me right now. And other times we will find ourselves among lots of friends Friendship is a blessing. It's a gift. And guys, it is necessary for us to see its value and to be intentional in building those relationships because believe it or not, that is right. You are the sum of your five best friends. And we're going to be talking about different levels of friends. The definition of friend, it can be an acquaintance, just a person that you know. It can be an acquaintance that you know you like And that you trust, man, that's like next level. And then the highest level, a person that you know, you like, you trust and with whom you are allied in a struggle or cause allied in a struggle. Those are your mom friends. We are allies in this fight. We are allies in this effort of being the moms that we're created to be. And my favorite example of friendship, my favorite exchange between two friends, two mom friends in scripture is the exchange between Mary, the mother of Jesus and Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist. And it's all recorded in Luke one. And in this passage, God paints a beautiful picture of friendship, a wonderful example of two moms who didn't waste time comparing their stories to each other. They didn't. Waste time wishing that their story looked like the other or waiting to become more like the other. It's a great example of two friends who were content with their capacity and confident in their callings. And because of that, they were incredible friends to each other. The angel Gabriel we read in Luke 1, the story of Christmas Luke 1 and 2. I can't read it enough. I love it, love it, love it. I believe this story, yes, it's relevant right now because it's Christmas. And everybody's reading in the book of Luke if you're in church. But guess what? I believe this story transcends the Christmas story. Um, Obviously, Christmas applies to every day of the year. But this story really does so much to learn. The angel Gabriel appeared to the priest Zechariah. And told him, now Zechariah was older, we know from scripture, and the angel said that Elizabeth, his wife, would give birth to a son. Now this would be a miraculous birth since Zechariah and his wife were very old, the Bible said, and she was barren and had not been able to have a child. The angel told Zechariah, Elizabeth will have a baby and you should name the baby John. And when you continue reading, you find out that this becomes John the Baptist, the man who was called out to prepare the people for Jesus' ministry. The Bible continues to say in Luke that six months into Elizabeth's miraculous pregnancy, Gabriel then appeared to Mary, a young unwed virgin. And he tells her that she will miraculously become pregnant and give birth to Jesus, the son of God. Then the angel tells Mary, I just think it's the sweetest, kindest, gentlest, most thoughtful moves that God makes in scripture. So here he's appeared to Elizabeth and he said, I mean, appeared to Zechariah and said, your wife, even though she is old, even though she has not been able to conceive, she is going to have a baby. It will be a miracle. Six months later, he now appears to Mary, this young, unwed virgin and says you're going to have a baby. And it's going to be um, the son of God. And you'll name him Jesus. And then this is what I love Jesus that God does. Gabriel says to Mary. Even Elizabeth your relative. Is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive. Is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Mary's response. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. What grace Mary had, just incredible poise. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. She had a posture of humility and obedience at such a young age. It's an incredible example for, for all of us, but we're gonna keep reading because here is my favorite part, my favorite passage of scripture. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. Now remember, when the angel appeared to Mary, it was in Elizabeth's six months. So by this time, she is farther along than six months, Elizabeth is. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. to me this story reveals god's gentleness and kindness and sweetness his heart his caring and loving nature first that he would give mary affirmation of what the angel had told her so soon the bible says mary hurried to judea and immediately when um, mary walked into Zechariah's house elizabeth greeted her with the mother of my lord see It's just incredible. It was immediate affirmation that he would affirm the angel's declaration. You've got to imagine, obviously, scripture doesn't tell us, but when I put myself in Mary's position, I can't help but wonder was she wondering, is this true? Was there a part of her that thought, did that just happen? But immediately, she's affirmed when she sees Elizabeth is with child, and when Elizabeth says, Blessed is the mother of my Lord. and why should she come to me? It's incredible affirmation. and so soon. And then that that God would use an older, wiser person that Mary could trust, an older, wiser relative that Mary knew that Mary trusted, and now they are comrades. They share this experience, both experiencing miraculous births, two completely different situations, but bonded by the miracle of pregnancy, of miraculous pregnancy. It's just so good. You know, when we find a friend that we know, a friend that we trust, now a friend that we are a comrade, that we have this shared experience, and a friend that understands that experience in such a way that, we don't need to explain ourselves. When you read that scripture and Mary walks in, the Bible says, and Elizabeth greets her and greets her with, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. Why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? You see, Mary didn't have to explain her situation. It, it's incredible to me. What a gift. What, what a blessing. What, what a sweet gift that god gave mary to to affirm her to give her someone who is experiencing also a a miraculous pregnancy to to see that okay this is a visible sign that what the angel said is true she could literally see that elizabeth was pregnant it's just such a gift and then how about elizabeth what an example um she then if you look at it on paper for instance like you Say, okay, Elizabeth, we know Elizabeth and Zechariah had been faithful to God for years. Zechariah was a priest, and the Bible says that they had been they had been righteous and obedient, and yet in all those decades she had not been able to have a baby. You could see it would be completely understandable that she would look at Mary, this young, unwed girl, and go, "Well, I should be the one carrying the Savior. I mean, I'm the one who has been faithful to God for decades. Certainly, we know that Scripture said and the prophecy said that um, you know Jesus would be wed, that the Savior would be um, born to an unwed or a virgin. And but if you look at from if you if you look at it from Elizabeth's perspective, you can totally see how jealousy could creep in, how comparison could creep in, but she didn't. She was so blessed with her own pregnancy. She was content with her capacity and confident in her calling. And therefore, because of that, she was able to celebrate with Mary to say, God has blessed me in this way and God has blessed you in that way. And your blessing does not take away from my blessing, and my blessing does not take away from your blessing. It's a beautiful picture um, when you look at Elizabeth's point of view, her perspective, and how she was not at all resentful, not at all jealous. There's no evidence. In fact, there's evidence to the contrary. If you look in verse um, 42, in a loud voice, Elizabeth exclaimed, maybe that's why I like her so much. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. And why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Both Mary and Elizabeth are great examples of our thesis statement today. Our challenge for us today as we go throughout this season and actually as we go throughout life, here's our challenge as moms, as women give honor and grace And run your own race. Give honor and grace and run your own race. Hey, mom, you stay in your lane. And when you're running in your lane, you can celebrate with those who are running in other lanes. There are some moms who will maybe pass you in some areas, some moms who will stay behind you in other areas. We always say the goal is to be content with your capacity, content with your calling. And I know I'm content When I can celebrate someone with more capacity and have compassion for someone with less. We all go through seasons where we're thriving. We all go through seasons where we're struggling. My job is to say, thank you, God, for this lane that you've carved out for me. I'm going to run in my lane and I'm going to cheer these other moms on as they run in their lanes. I'm going to run my own race content with my compa- my capacity, and I'm confident in my calling, just like Mary, just like Elizabeth. So today we're going to look at quickly four points, how to run your own race. And obviously um, it is an acrostic, R-A-C-E, run your own race. I'm going to start with R. Recognize that life isn't always fair, but God is always good recognize that life isn't always fair, but God is always good. We actually teach that this is a great principle to teach our children at a young age. This is a truth that can impact your life forever. Recognize that life isn't always fair, but God is always good. You may be in a situation or a circumstance that you did not plan on, that you did not pray for but you find yourself here maybe it's because of your own decisions maybe it's because of decisions and choices of others and then you look over at your neighbor or you look at a a sister or a friend and you say god why me i've been much more faithful i've prayed more i've done more why is she getting all the blessings why is she getting everything that i'm praying for you know what let's look at elizabeth Elizabeth had prayed for decades and decades. We trust that God is always good and that God will use all things for the good of those who believe in him or are called according to his purposes. And then we say life isn't always fair, but God is always good. God, thank you for what I do have. Thank you, God. And I trust that you will use this circumstance, this situation, this burden, this loss, this disappointment, this hurt, I trust you will use it for your glory and my good. Recognize that life isn't always fair, but God is always good. God is always good. You have your blessings. I have my blessings. You have your struggles. I have my struggles. We get into trouble when we start to compare. Thank you, God, for what you've carved out for me. Thank you for this lane. Thank you for the unexpected twists and turns in my lanes. Thank you for the hills, the mountains, the valleys, God. I know that you will use them for your glory and my good. Recognize that life isn't always fair, but God is always good. And then A, A, admit any jealousy or envy to yourself and to him. Admit any jealousy or envy to yourself and to him. This is a hard one, guys. We've got to be, we've got to approach this one with honesty and humility. But here's the deal. That jealousy and envy turns into bitterness so quickly and it hardens our hearts. It becomes caustic and we it just zaps the joy right out of our lives. Jealousy will steal your joy like nobody's business. Be honest with yourself. Admit it. Instead of fighting it, And yeah, we're going to fight. We're going to talk about how to get rid of it. But really, let's look at it with curiosity and not comparison. Go, God, I'm feeling jealous. I'm feeling envious. I don't want to feel this way. Help me, God, to see what you have given me. Help me, God, to focus on my lane, to see the blessings. I confess this jealousy. I confess this envy to you. And God, I trust that you will. You've called me to this lane and I'm going to run in my own lane. Proverbs 14 30 says, a peaceful heart leads to a healthy body, but jealousy is like cancer in the bones. It is toxic to you. It is toxic. Admit any jealousy or envy, and then here we go. We're going to actively fight it. So R, recognize that life's not always fair, but God is always good. A, admit that um, you may be jealous, admit any jealousy or envy to yourself and to God. And then see, celebrate with and for others, even when you don't feel like it. Celebrate with and for others, even when you don't feel like it. Practice saying, I'm so happy for you. I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. You do what's right because it's right until it feels Right. If you have a tendency, some personality types are just more more prone to comparison and jealousy. But we have to be aware of that and we have to work against it. We acknowledge that jealousy. We acknowledge the envy and then we work to be happy for others. I'm happy for you. God, thank you for carving out this lane for me. And thank you that I have friends who run in different lanes. Good friends mourn with those who mourn. And so when we see a friend who's mourning, yes, we want to be compassionate. We want to be tender to them. I think it's much harder to celebrate with those who celebrate. So yes, good friends mourn with those who mourn, but great friends celebrate with those who celebrate to remain faithful and patient when you don't receive what you've prayed for. That's one thing. You've prayed to God. You've remained faithful. It's a whole different level when you've been praying for something, when you've been asking for something, when you've been working towards something, and then you have to choose to be happy when someone else receives the gift or the blessing or the favor that you prayed for, particularly when it's somebody that you're looking at the situation going, are you kidding me? She doesn't deserve it at all. She hasn't been nearly as faithful. She hasn't worked nearly as hard. She doesn't even live the right way. Guys, not our business. We don't get to decide blessings in favor. That is up to the Lord Almighty. That is up to our creator. Our job is to stay in our own line, give honor and grace and run your own race. Stay in your lane. You do the best that you can do. You be the best that you can be. And when you turn and see God blessing someone else, particularly someone who who um, doesn't deserve it, and then even more when it's something you've prayed for, you must choose to see that, confess any feelings, and work to say, I'm happy for you. I will celebrate with you. We all have those friends that we are call when we're ready to celebrate something those friends who can celebrate with us you know my closest friends we um, live in different cities I have another close friend Ashley Horn she's 10 years younger than I Um, we are in different stages of our life Ashley and I and so celebrating that's the benefit I believe of those uh, friendships with people who are in different life stages celebrating each life stage, each accomplishment of each child, we don't we don't compare our kids. Our kids are completely different ages. That's one of the blessings of those friendships. And then f- our friends who are far away, Lisa Hughes, man, she will celebrate anything with me. Those are treasured friendships. Those who celebrate with those who celebrate. It's hard. It's not always easy, but it is a choice that we can make to celebrate with those who celebrate. God, show me any envious any envy or any jealousy and then help me to celebrate with those who celebrate even when I don't feel like it. So we recognize that life isn't always fair, but God is always good. We admit any envy or jealousy to ourselves and to God and see, we celebrate with and for others, even when we don't feel like it. You want to talk about a beautiful thing to model for your children is celebrating with those who celebrate, celebrating our friends. And then E, E, express gratitude every opportunity you get. Express gratitude every opportunity you get. Gratitude is huge. Gratitude is a fear fighter. It is a jealousy fighter. It is an entitlement fighter. Not just feeling gratitude, but expressing it. Yes, man, when we feel gratitude, that is significant. And we know that our physiology literally changes research um, shows that but expressing that gratitude takes it to another level expressing gratitude to another person yet writing it down in a journal excellent first thing in the morning god here are three things i'm thankful for first thing at, last thing at night before you go to bed here are three things i'm thankful for it is a beautiful practice but then taking it to the next level and expressing gratitude can change your life and the life of others. We have a fearless mom, Titus 2 mom, Nancy Larson. And Nancy is, well, if I'm 52, she is 82. She's 30 years older than I am. No one writes thank you notes or any kind of note like Nancy Larson. And when I get something in the mail from Nancy, I'm excited before I ever open it. There is something about expressing gratitude and there is something about reading encouragement that is different from hearing it, even. And so, take the time, make the time to write a note to express gratitude. And then, if you um, uh, have heard us speak before on gratitude, you know that expressing gratitude, yes, is good for the person that is being thanked. But research shows also that it has a positive, a dramatically positive impact on the person expressing gratitude. So to call, to write, to text, to express gratitude in any way. That benefits you physiologically, emotionally, relationally. So make that a practice. Text someone, call someone, write a thank you note. It is a big deal and it um, definitely, definitely works in every relationship. I'm going to go ahead and throw in there. That it's huge in marriage, huge, 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 because we can begin to take our spouses like, you know, they just become it's just part of our lives and we don't notice it. And we can get so accustomed to um, the way we operate. And so to pause and to express gratitude to our spouses, it's a pretty big deal. Um, But we have to be intentional with our friendships to recognize that life isn't always fair, but God is always good to admit any envy or jealousy to God and to ourselves, um, to see, to celebrate with those who celebrate, even when we don't feel like it. And then, E, to express gratitude. We have to be intentional because it's true. You are the sum of your five best friends, and you will become like who you hang around. Um, and it's especially important in motherhood as we look at that third level of friendship a comrade, someone who's allied in a fight or a struggle. We talk about in fearless mom, a fearless mom is not someone who's got it all figured out. A fearless mom is not someone who does it perfectly. A fearless mom is one who never quits. It's one who stays in the game, who says today was rough, but tomorrow's a new day. And how do we stay relentless? You know what? When you have friends around you who cheer you on friends around you who cheer you on and who challenge you to be the mom that you're called to be. So mom friends are mission critical. If you want to be a fearless mom, if you want to remain relentless, you've got to be intentional with your friendships, be picky with your clicky. And you know, what do we learn from Elizabeth and Mary, Elizabeth and Mary? Yes, they were experiencing both miraculous pregnancies at the same time, but There was a huge age gap there. They lived in different cities and they were um, in very different stages of life. What a great model for us. This helps us stay relentless when we have friends in other stages of life, particularly mom friends. We want to be intentional and have mom friends who are ahead of us and mom friends who are behind us. We want, I've heard someone say a Paul and a Timothy, someone who is in front of us, someone who has already experienced what we are experiencing. That helps us remain relentless because when you are neck deep in potty training, when you are neck deep in teenage angst, when you are neck deep in dropping your kid off in college, whatever the stage, if you can be friends with and talk with and learn from someone who is ahead of you this gives you perspective this helps you see ah this is a stage I will not be here forever and it helps you remain relentless and then someone who is behind you when you are potty training and all of your mom friends are potty training, or everybody in your play group is potty training, all you can think of is about how hard potty training is. Or maybe you're trying to get your kid to sleep through the night, and all your friends are in the same stage, and that's all you talk about. You feel like, is this ever going to end? And this is the worst stage ever. But if you talk to someone who is a little bit behind you, Maybe someone who is pregnant and cannot sleep at all. And you're thinking, ooh, I'm kind of glad I'm past that stage. Or maybe you just dropped your kid off at college. I tell this story all the time. When I dropped my kids off at college, Ashley Horn said, I'm going to give you 24 hours. And then I'm going to bring my kids over. I'm going to give you 24 hours. And then we're going to meet at the beach together. And Mac and I were sad because we were dropping our kids off. And then Ashley brought her kids over. And they were... (laughs) <laughs> fighting and um, all the typical elementary age things. And Mac and I were like, hmm, I guess the emptiness isn't so bad because it gave us perspective. Perspective helps you m- remain relentless and perspective helps you stay in the game and perspective reminds you this is a stage and it's not all bad and it won't be forever. I'm going to close with this. As we seek these treasured friendships, it's important to remember that the best way to find a friend is to be a friend. The best way to find a friend is to be a friend. Elizabeth and Mary celebrating the the birth of Jesus together. If you look, You know, Elizabeth, the first person to ever celebrate Christmas, the first person to ever celebrate the birth of Jesus was actually John the Baptist in the womb. She said, Mary, as soon as you entered, the baby in my womb leaped for joy at the sound of your voice. Are you kidding me right now? He leaped for joy celebrating Mary celebrating that Mary was about to give birth to Jesus. First Christmas celebration ever was by the baby in Elizabeth's womb. I love that so much. That means that there's no such thing as too early or too late to celebrate Christmas, right? But we look at Mary and Elizabeth and how they celebrate each other and how they were um, content with their capacity and confident in their calling and how they celebrated um, and stayed in their own lane we also see a great reminder, be the friend that you want to have. Be the friend that you want to have. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 13. And you may have heard this before. It's read a lot at weddings. It's the chapter in the Bible that's all about love. And it says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful. Well, I'm going to replace a friend. I'm going to replace love with a friend. And I want you to consider this as we close today how to be the friend you want to have. 1 Corinthians thirteen four through 7. paraphrased: A friend is patient and kind. A friend is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. A friend does not demand her own way. A friend is not irritable and a friend keeps no record of being wronged. A friend does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever truth wins out. A friend never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Moms, we hope that you have a wonderful Christmas, that you have an opportunity to be with friends, to celebrate with friends, but that you remember even when you feel that you have no friends, that we are with you. We are for you. You're not alone. We're all in this together. And that Jesus is the best friend. He always listens. He always hears. He always forgives. You are never alone. Let's pray together. God, I thank you so much for Christmas. I thank you for the reminder of beautiful friendship in the Christmas story. God, thank you for for making this part of the Christmas story, the story of Mary and Elizabeth. Thank you for the example of godly friendship, of friends who celebrate with each other, of friends who run in their own lane. Give us, God, the love, the gentleness, the kindness to be the friends that we want to have. In Jesus' name, amen. We're so glad you joined us today. You can get more resources and information at fearlessmom.com.